My name is Ampika Pixton. And I'm Diane Swain. And we're here to talk this week about 12 steps of how to value yourself. Yep, it's that good old self-love, self-praise and self-worth. Very easy words to say, but how do we actually implement valuing ourselves? What do you do each day to value yourself? Is there ever a time in the day where you value yourself? Or do you just accept your existence? Well, this is more about accepting your existence. This is actually taking a long, hard look in the mirror and stripping yourself back and loving yourself from head to toe. And if you're not doing that right now, we're going to show you little tips and ways how to make sure that you are giving yourself the love, self-respect and self-worth that you deserve. Fire away, Diane. (laughs) Yes, Ampique's absolutely right. We've got 12 steps for you, as we usually go with the number 12, on how to value yourself. So we're looking forward to going through those. Um, It's great for you to join us. And I think Ampique is going to start off with, we found a lovely Buddha quote about loving yourself, really. So we thought that would be a great way to kick off the 12 steps. I can't can't really take the praise because actually Diane found this beautiful (laughs) passage and it's written from Buddha. So I'm going to read it out to you. It says, you can search throughout the entire universe for someone who is more deserving of your love and affection than you are yourself. And that person is not to be found anywhere. You, yourself, as much as anybody in the universe, deserve your love and your affection. And that is so true. That is so, so true. I spent a long time looking for that person would fix me, that person would make me feel loved, that person would make me feel sexy. And all of those things, I am the only person who is capable of doing that. So let's go with step one, Diane. Okay. By the way, I've read that loads of times and it still gives me butterflies every time you read that passage. It's so lovely and so true. Um, Okay, so step one is not to compare yourself with other people. Um, We all do it from time to time. um, But when we are learning to value ourselves, the key is not to compare ourselves to others. There will always be people in it that we perceive to be greater than ourselves, just as there might be people that we perceive to be less than what we do or are or live in our lives. But the truth is we've got to focus on ourselves and comparing ourselves, particularly on social media and Instagram, etc. those sorts of things. It's a big no-no, isn't it, for um, learning to love ourselves and um, to value ourselves. Because if we continually live out the lives through looking at other people, we're never actually focusing um, on ourselves and the value that we actually bring to the world. It's a bit like living our life through a lens in a sense, and we need to take that lens off and just don't compare ourselves to anybody else and just really home in the qualities that that we've got um, within ourselves, which is some of the things we're going to talk about later on to to help you recognise, obviously, what qualities you've got and dig deep, list them out, think about them, ask other people what qualities that they actually see in you um, and list those down as well and keep those with you. Um, But try not to compare yourself to other people because it serves no purpose at all yeah I would very much agree with that step two is embracing your mistakes and learning from them 
We all find in life that it's very easy to pass the buck on to someone else. It's very easy to find a reason why I can point my finger and say, this has happened, that's happened, it's all your fault. And just remember, every time you point a finger, there are three or four fingers pointing back at yourself. So sometimes you have to embrace the fact that you might have made a mistake, embrace the fact it was there for a reason because it's called the journey of life, accepting that mistake and making sure that you do not make it again. And forgive yourself. We all make mistakes. We're human. But ultimately, once you've made a mistake and you realize there's a big pothole in front of you, you use your initiative and you walk around the pothole. You don't keep walking deep into it. Yeah, and how empowering taking responsibility is because it means you are master of your own destiny, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, I'm always saying, saying to the children, you know, take responsibility, be accountable for what you do because then you're moulding your own life. You're not sort of taking the cop-out route of blaming somebody else. You might think it is somebody else's fault, actually, but if you take ownership and responsibility for your own destiny, your own life, and the mistakes that you may have made, then you can move forward with that, yeah. and it's it's hugely empowering. And I think also in the blame culture, whilst you're blaming someone else, you're holding and harbouring onto anger, and anger is no good for anybody. It's so it's not, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. It it's like a ball and chain around your ankle, and you cannot move in any direction because you're consumed and filled with anger and it's just a very very unattractive trait to have I find when I've met people that are very angry I'm like whoa you know I'd want to take a swerve ball I just don't want that in my life at all and also it's like in last week's episode we talked about forgiveness didn't we yeah it's like if you have made a mistake just as it's good to forgive other people you need to forgive yourself as well. So in taking accountability for something that you might have done that you were less than happy with, you know, forgive yourself. It's okay, isn't yeah. it? You've got to be kind to yourself and don't hang on to that. Just let it go, forgive yourself and then move on, on reflection, knowing what you've learned. And then obviously put that into practice in the future. It's a valuable yeah. lesson then, isn't very, it? Very, very much so. So step number three is taking opportunities to develop yourself. I'm a big one for this. This is like my indulgence. This is like my cream cakes. This is like my strawberry and cream. I love self-help books. I love at night time to snuggle up, get my favorite bedtime clothes on after a nice warm bath and read and just find those aha moments because working on yourself, having a better understanding of yourself, everything else in your life blossoms and people like nah I don't really believe it but once you get to that point where you're working on yourself and you understand yourself better you make better career choices you make better decisions you have better relationships with your children your relationship becomes a lot better your relationship with your friends because you understand yourself because you've worked on yourself it's like anything isn't it if you work on a car and you look after that car that car is going to serve you well it's going to take you from a to b perfectly clear if you neglect that car if you never wash it you never bother to check the oil on it the water you don't mot it sooner or later it's going to stop you from getting where you need to be so you are that car you are your own vehicle nurture it understand it realize and understand how it works if there's a problem you can go to and you can fix it and repair it if you never take any time to analyze it and look at it and just take it for granted sooner or later the engine's going to blow and that's when problems big problems occur yeah, I think um, 
I agree with all of that, yeah, and I love that analogy. And in developing yourself and growing and learning, I think that goals, goal setting is really important. And you only need to start with with um, tiny goals and build them up from there. You know, I, I know I, I, I see people that sometimes haven't got the energy or motivation or they're so depressed they can't even make their own bed in the morning or brush the hair or clean the teeth, you know. And that sounds quite extreme, but a goal to some people might be that they get up and tidy the room and make the bed. Yeah. And that's okay. That's absolutely fine. It's what is within your comfort zone and where you are in your self-development. You know, if you've gone through a breakup or you've been ill or something or um, bereaved, um, some something as small as that can set you on the road to your new life, your new development. And it, it's so that you don't overwhelm yourself isn't it with huge massive things thinking oh you know some people can go from making a bed that can be something for them somebody else it might be starting their own business or getting to the gym or um you know starting that diet or or more healthy living um there's all sorts of different things but I think if you set a goal you write them down then you are probably 100% more likely to actually see them through and achieve them and just to highlight just diversifying somewhat just from that point like Diane said if you are depressed to the point where you're struggling to make your own bed and this has been for a long period you may be clinically depressed so please reach out and go and speak to your doctor because there is certain medications that are beyond the realms of what we're talking about that can help you um i was watching an oprah winfrey sorry to digress somewhat and she's just done the 2020 vision tour and lady gaga openly spoke about you know, using the right medications to make her be able to function day to day because all of these simple tasks that we think are simple seem like impossible. And I never ever would take away the fact that if someone is feeling clinically depressed and they do need help with the right medications that are given to you by your doctor, please don't be ashamed. Get the right medication and please look after your well-being the best you possibly can. Because sometimes it's easy to sit here and say these things, but if you need some internal help in the form of um, a prescribed drug, there is no shame in that whatsoever. If you get the right medication to help you, there's no reasons why these tips won't even really make your life feel a lot more enhanced or flourish, honestly. Yeah, I think actually just on that, Ampika, as well, there's there's definitely um, a place for medication of which a GP can prescribe or a psychiatrist can can prescribe. And I think in my experience, you know, there are some um, clients where a combination of that is really useful, but always, always only accept medication through your GP or through a psychiatrist because that's what they're trained to do. Mm-hmm. And then with a combination of counselling, so somebody might take medication for say two three four months but whilst they're getting counseling talking therapy um they're able actually to accept that and then as time goes on you can actually let go of the medication and and it's more sustainable to keep on with a counselor talking therapy um whatever suitable for you that may go on for a period of time but that medication as you said has actually enabled you to get to the point where you feel um enough strength really yeah um, because it just do takes this. strength to see to do this what absolutely yeah, yeah that's it yeah so that's a really really good point mm-hmm. you've made okay point four share your journey with someone you trust there you go <laughs> yeah you just said it <laughs> absolutely yeah um i think that um 
having people around you that you trust, whether that is just one person or 50 people, is absolutely key to your um, journey. Trust is fundamental to everything. I know Ampika and I have said this before. Trust and respect is fundamental. And I think that, that if you follow your intuition, you know mm. the people that you trust, don't you? Yeah. And I think keeping them close, reflecting on things, um, taking the time to discuss your situation and what's going on in your life. And as you said before, a problem shared is a problem hard, yeah, isn't it? very much so. And I'd just like to, to recap as well on the word trust. Trust is a very easy word to say, but it's a very difficult word to earn. When I look and value someone in terms of someone who I trust, they have to earn that and they've had to earn that over a period of time. You cannot just be an open book to the whole world because unfortunately a lot of people are judgmental and unfortunately a lot of people do not keep your problems or your personal thoughts to themselves. They share them. So when we talk about trust, I am very lucky on one hand, I can count a handful of people that I would trust my life with. And I've built that friendship and worked very, very hard on maintaining a good friendship level with them so that they feel that they can trust me with their personal, most intimate, deepest problems and concerns and vice versa, I have that with them. So when we talk about trust, don't just bear yourself to anybody. Your life is very important and it should be respected with privacy as well. So make sure the people that you are trusting to talk about your most deepest, darkest intimacies with earn, have earned that over a period of time. Yeah, and I think if you don't feel that there's anybody around you that you can trust or you have nobody to turn to, Try professional help, you know, go and talk to a counsellor um, and that is guaranteed absolute confidentiality in a safe environment where somebody will understand and empathise with what you're going through and help you with that journey of understanding why you're feeling the way you are and help enable you to get back on the path yeah. that you need to be on. Oh, so you're welcome never, to contact ever, us. Yeah, contact us. Absolutely. I'm a counsellor. You can contact me anytime. And Pika's simply fantastic. You can contact her anytime. (laughs) You know, as a joke, we're doing this together. You know, it's about life's journey. So if there's something that you would like to put pen and paper down to and email us in, your identity shall remain anonymous. And we're happy to give you either an email back or talk about it on next week's show. Yeah. Okay. Next one, fat point five. Yeah. So regardless of where you are in your life, it's essential to remember that the quest for self-worth never ends. And I think that's true. I think it's uh, it's almost like a daily battle, isn't it? You're going to have good days where you feel on top of the world and you can take on the world and everything's going great. And then you'll have other days where your emotions might be low or something's happened that's impacted on the way you feel and you just don't feel that you can do anything. You feel totally deflated. We can all relate to that. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, no matter where you are at whatever stage in life, you never, ever give up on yourself. And it's very easy to say because when you are going through those lonely, dark times, just remember there's been times in your life where you felt absolutely euphoric and you felt fantastic and you have been like saluting yourself for all the wonderful things that you are. So you are very important. And if you're a mother or a father or a sister or a brother or, you know, close circle of friends, you are valuable to people around you. And never, ever forget that. And there's days where we've all felt fantastic and hold on to that because you can feel that once, you can feel it again. 
Yeah, and I think on my personal journey as a counsellor as well, I was just thinking when you said that, that when I did my counselling training, I remember um, my wonderful mentor, who shall remain nameless at the moment because I'll embarrass him, um, you know, I was asking what the qualities he felt were for a good counsellor. And he was saying that you should never never think you've come to the end of your quest of self-development and learning about who you are and I can honestly say that every single client I see teaches me something new mm-hmm. you know and, and you just never end that journey do you no. which is a wonderful thing you know it is incredible because there's so much out there to learn yeah um I think that leads us on really nicely to point six as well which is trust yourself your intuition and your gut feeling mm-hmm. um and I think that that is something that we forget sometimes. We yeah. touched on this last week, didn't we? Is that, you know, are we are born with that natural intuition and, and that um, feeling that we get if something isn't safe or it's a bit off. And yeah. I think that over the years we lose that. We, we lose to trust our intuition, don't we? Yeah. And I think that's something that we need to bring back, practice more, yeah. um, rather than looking around at the world and some of its fakeness, yeah. actually dig inside and just listen to yourself and with mindfulness that we talk about and meditation if you just sit with yourself and listen to your intuition and and try and understand how you truly feel about things but that is giving yourself that time which is so important in loving yourself giving yourself that opportunity you know People are so good at listening sometimes to other people's problems, mm. but they don't give themselves the time the day to, to listen to themselves. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I would say it's difficult, that one, because you've got to trust your, your, your natural intuition, which we all have, a deep-rooted feeling here, right in our core central plexus of what leads us to what's wrong or what's right or what feels comfortable or what makes us feel uncomfortable but you can also be burnt in life and hurt that badly that you don't want to trust or believe in anything. And that's also the flip side of not allowing anything beautiful to come into your life because your gut's always telling you, no, that's wrong, that's bad. I shouldn't be doing this. I shouldn't get involved because you're so frightened of the outside world. So it's trying to find that balance where you are listening to your natural intuition. You're taking on board what your natural feelings are about a certain situation, but you're not self-guiding yourself too much where you're not experiencing any of life's beauties because you've been so hurt and that past hurt you haven't got over and you're still carrying it around with you. So you're not allowing yourself to enjoy anything because your gut's telling you no, no, no all the time. Yeah, I think the, the trick there, isn't it? It's kind of like saying, well, move forward, but with caution, yeah. you know, because it is difficult when you've been hurt, isn't yeah. it, to open yourself up to that again. But I think, you know, and it's interesting, when I see people that have come out of very narcissistic um relationships and I talk to them about the red flags yeah. and we reflect on their journey to the beginning of that relationship because when I first start talking to them about how has it been and they'll say well you know they were so loving and they did this and it was incredible and they love bombed me and all these different things that come out and but then when we really analyze the start of people's relationship or the first six months they will start to uncover the different red flags that were yeah. there but at the time you don't see them no. do you I don't but, want to see them. oh you don't want to see them exactly yeah. and that's why I think reflection on situations like that it's not about beating, beating yourself up it's not about being regretful yeah. but it's about recognizing that because then that's how we learn yeah. to take that forward you know to learn to love again yeah. but being mindful obviously yeah. of similar issues yeah so number seven this is one that's taken me quite some time to master and it's putting yourself first so if you're in an airplane 
and you're told that the airplane's going down and the oxygen mask comes from the ceiling, what are you to do? Are you to help everybody else? So you end up suffocating. What do you do? You put your own oxygen mask on first. You save yourself before you can help others. And I never wanted to, I suppose, look in the mirror and question what had gone wrong in my life and analyze myself and do some self-development. I never wanted to do it. So I would run around trying to find everyone I can, injured victims, people that were broken, bring them into my life, try to salvage the wreckage, try to be this person that could build them back up. So it was easier to focus on them and not myself. Yeah, classic, yeah. classic. Yeah. And all you're doing is I'm like drowning. The water's coming up here because of issues I've not dealt with from the past, trying to save everybody else. But ultimately, Noah built the ark and he put the animals on. He got himself on there too. Yeah. I think I managed to get the animals on and forgot about <laughs> myself. <laughs> Ended up, the boat had gone off with the animals. I was like, oh, I'm here. You kept the dogs then. <laughs> yeah, kept the dogs. Thanks, thank goodness. Yeah, so uh, yeah. that's really interesting in the fact that looking after yourself first, because if you look after yourself first, you can look after everybody else around you really effectively. Yeah. And I know as a boss, as a mother, as a lover, as a partner, I can't be any of those things and excel in my life unless I'm looking after myself first. And that's not selfish. That's being realistic. Yeah. And I think that's the fundamental problem, isn't it? People think that if they put themselves first, they're being selfish. Yeah. And that analogy that you gave, which is great on the aeroplane, you know, if you've got children and other people to help, if you don't put that oxygen mask on, you're not going to be helping no. anybody at all, no. are you? And and also as well, putting yourself first enables you to come um, from things from a much better place. So who you forge your relationships with, um, you're in a much better place because you know you've kind of almost sorted yourself out first, yeah. sorted your own difficulties and challenges yeah. out first. And then obviously yeah. you, can, you can deal with other people. I'm still working um, on it. Like you say, we're a yeah, work in progress. Forever. I'm never going to totally get there. Yeah. But a better understanding of myself. Yeah. You know. And I think, you know, the thing to do is, if we forget to put ourselves for, um, first, don't beat ourselves up. You know, we all have good days and bad days because we're human. So we're fundamentally flawed, but that's okay. You know, that's what makes us incredible. You know, so if we have a bad day and forget ourselves, get up the next day and make sure we don't do it the next day. You know, learn from what we're doing and learn to love and put ourselves first. And it will put us in a much happier place for being with other people as well. So number eight, be discerning about the company you keep and friends, etc. This is the one that I chat about a lot, about getting rid of toxic people. Um, I took my dogs yesterday for a fantastic walk just in Wilmslow by the side of a river. And I saw about three tree surgeons cutting down these trees and the smell of the wood and the smoke and it bellowing out was just beautiful. And I thought, Do you know what? Look at that tree surgeon there. He's chopping up the dead wood. And I thought, you know what? That is exactly what I've done in my life the last two years. I've got rid of dead wood out of my life. Toxic people, toxic friends, things that drain me, things that made me feel very uncomfortable, things that didn't serve a purpose in my life, things that were actually very damaging to me, damaging to my well-being. I know it's easier said than done. And sometimes we can't just eliminate all those things overnight. But once you recognize what's toxic and once you realize the things that you could do without, you'll slowly start to find baby steps and ways of slowly moving them and eliminating them out of your life. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, 
I'm really aware of some of the things that you've had to do and go through and it is difficult and challenging and I think that you question yourself you think am I a bad person for doing that absolutely not you know if somebody's in your life that's toxic or they don't you don't think they're coming from a place of love and and I think that most of us can recognize if people aren't coming from a place of love when they comment about us or the way they treat us I think we've usually got a generally good compass of where where people are coming from and it's okay if people are mean to us or bad to us why would we want to keep them in our life it's okay to sort of disengage from those people or very very gradually move them out of our lives you know you don't have to do it as like a cut off you can almost do it in a kind way can't you if if need be unless they're particularly vile to you and it's okay just to cut them off I mean I know it's not always easy in terms of children when your children get to certain teenage years can be very abusive and very rude and and really bring you to your knees as a parent, partners, relationships. You can be in a very, very toxic relationship and you know it's not right. It's just difficult to get out. But the main thing is, is you can establish it. Once you establish it and you can see it for what it is, you will slowly, slowly start to make changes, whether you move yourself emotionally, whether you're looking at your finances to try and find a way to to, to have an exit, an exit route, a plan B, you will start moving in that direction. But it's first recognising it. Talking about me, I had a very toxic job um, and that was the Housewives, which I did for three years, five episodes, 56, no, five series, 56 episodes I did of that show. Very, very toxic environment. I was going to work, really disliking the people that I work with, sick of the continuous abuse I got in the name of television, in the name of reality television to make the people on the other side of the camera laugh or um, get some type of joy from watching women ripping each woman, another woman to shreds. And I thought, hang on a minute here. This is affecting my mental health and well-being. Yes, it's great being on TV. Yes, it's lovely to get all these free beers and all this recognition and acknowledgement on the street, but something's got to give. This is not serving me well. So I identified it and it took me quite some time. It took me another two to three series to realise, you know what? This serves me no purpose. This is toxic. This is affecting my mental well-being. So do you know what? Bye-bye. I've never looked back since. Yeah, I think that's a great example. of. Um, I mean, that leads us on then to point nine, actually. And that's exactly it. Um, you were discerning about what to remove from your life. Yeah. Because you recognised what was not good for you or your soul. Yeah. And we're holistic beings. So it's everything. It's the mental, the soul, the physical and everything. Um, and point nine being don't settle. Um, you weren't prepared to settle for staying in housewives because no. you knew the damage that it was doing yeah. to you. And so many people may decide to settle in a job they don't like, a relationship that's no good for them. You know, if we're learning to love ourselves and be better human beings for ourselves, we shouldn't settle for anything, really. Um, life's for living and, and it's for being the best version of yourself that you can be. We shouldn't settle in a job that is maybe toxic, we've got bullying bosses or we're bored, Um, we can look outside of that and and explore and look for other opportunities to get out of that. Same for relationships, friendships, even, you know, family members. It's not okay to settle for something when you know it's not good for you. Um, And that's all part of your self-loving process. Yeah, I mean, it's not easy, especially when 
if you're in a relationship and you know there's a house to divide up or there's a property or you're looking at your own physical finances to be able to survive especially if you're a single parent yeah but we know yeah. it's not easy it's not a simple case of waving a magic wand and there's been times in my life financially where I've had to really look at like am I going to be able to afford a home I didn't even have a car at one stage um my divorce wasn't straightforward no one knows the path and journey that I've been on financially but there is, you do find a way but I would always say in every situation in life there is got to be a compromise because if you're in an unhappy situation and you don't make a change and sometimes that might mean giving up assets or it might mean giving up a business or it might mean giving up the way you live your life at the moment but without change and change is bloody painful and we don't like to make change but without change everything stays the same yeah, and it takes yeah. courage, doesn't it? And you have to dig yeah. deep to do that. But it's it's digging deep and making those changes for the greater good because you might have, say, a year or two of incredible challenges. Yeah. But, you know, then you look back at that and think to yourself, thank God I made that move yeah. and that's where where I am yeah. today, you know. But everyone's got to do that in their own time. Yeah, it absolutely. Very much in their own time when it feels right for you. With the, the right support system as well. Professional support system, you know, counsellors and CAB, all those sorts of things that are out there. If you've not got the support around you with your family and your friends to take such decisions, but seek out support, you know, because because there is a lot there as well. Mm -hmm. Okay, point 10. Yeah, point 10 to start appreciating, being grateful. I mean, we spend so much of our lives thinking what's wrong with us. Don't like my cellulite, don't like my hair today. I don't like my job. I've hardly got enough money in my bank account to do the things I want to do. Well, let's try and take a turn down the positive road and look at all the great aspects that we are, things that we've done in a day to give us fulfillment, something that, that we've read or we've watched that's inspired us, that makes us, gives us real reassurance that there's light at the end of the tunnel. It's just shifting your mindset, the perception of what you see day to day. When I have those dreary days where I'm just looking at everything and I'm feeling down and blue, I think, do you know what, Pika? Today's just today. Tomorrow, you've got to get yourself out of this headspace. It's not healthy for you. Go and put on your favourite film. Yeah. Go and read. I've got a fantastic book by the Dalai Lama and it's called The Roots of Happiness. And it's just beautiful little passages about the most simplistic of things that bring joy to me. Get your walking boots on. Go outside in the fresh air. Put your favourite tunes on. Even look back at pictures of me and my grandfather when I was growing up. Happy memories that meant something to me. Just that split moment to start appreciating. Because we do we do enough of self-loathing and bringing ourselves down and telling ourselves we're not good enough. So at some point throughout the day, just try to get your mindset. Even if it's just for like three minutes on something that you are really grateful for and appreciative. I mean, I see it when I look at my son. I mean, there's times when he drives me mad, but... I look and I think I've created that boy, you know, with love and respect and, you know, I've given the best I could possibly give him. That makes me feel happy and that makes me appreciate that I'm blessed to have a healthy and happy boy. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I'd agree with all of that. I think that the trick is as well is to start small so that you don't think, you know, some people think, well, what have I got to be grateful for? What 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 have I got to appreciate? When you're in the depth of depression or you're feeling incredibly low, it is sometimes very difficult to see what you've got to be appreciative for. And that's why I think if you start small, literally um, with the birds in the garden or the air that you're breathing or just things like we, and Pika and I talk about energies, you know, um, it's not about what you look like aesthetically it's about digging deep and 
appreciating the, the energy that you can generate within yourself and, and give that off because energy is one of the most attractive um, factors about yeah. people, isn't it? Um, and, and then developing that into a confidence, you know, doesn't matter what you look like externally. If you have an amazing power and energy about you and, and confidence that you can build from within, starting very small, tiny blocks, you know, um, and appreciating little things and little things about yourself, um, it's incredible how attractive the energy mm. um, about a person can be, isn't it? And yeah. that's something that we all have power over. You don't have to change very much to generate that en- en- no. energy within you. And I would say to people listening to this as well that no matter how low you're feeling, there is always someone worse than you. So sometimes to get a reality check is very easy now. We've all got access to the internet. If you go into YouTube and you watch a 15-minute show of um, a family that have been butchered, that have been murdered, or you know some horrendous things that have happened in history, and you see the way some of our ancestors have lived, that will make you appreciate that your life is not that bad because there's always somebody else with a worse journey, with a worse story than you. And sometimes highlighting and watching something on YouTube or a movie and see how people have suffered, really, really suffered, been in castration camps and been gassed and lost a whole family, it makes you realise, you know what, what I think is really, really tragic is far, far, far insignificant to what I've just watched on television or what I've just watched on YouTube. So it's sometimes having a reality check. If I have those down days, I put something really teary on, I think to myself, you know what, I've got everything to be grateful for and nothing to cry for because somebody else has walked on this earth plane and been through a hell of a lot worse than I could even even have imagined of, of, of existing in. And they have existed in it and been tortured or bludgeoned to death. So... Sometimes we need that reality check to make us realise that our lives aren't so bad after all. Yeah, I think sometimes we can forget how good things are, can't yeah. we, quite easily. Yeah. Um, and where we set the bar in life as well. And I've seen people, you know, and I've been in relationships with people who have um, gone off at the most trivial, trivial thing, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's insignificant. And it's about bringing people and yourself back down, doing, like you say, a reality check what's really important well people and people's health yeah and how kind we are to each other are the fundamentally yeah. important things aren't they in yeah life. so okay what where we're on to now we're point, to 11. To, yeah. no, point 11 oh, yeah point 11 yeah <laughs> you get it they, they smell <laughs> i cannot tell you how beautiful these daffodils are I and it was distracting you wasn't yeah. it? it was distracting a number system but i can <laughs> tell you we're on point 11 now <laughs> Okay, so learning to say no, this is all about valuing yourself, all about um, learning to know that your time is valuable and learning really that it's okay to say no to people. I'm a people pleaser, so it's taken me a long, long time to learn to assertively and comfortably say no to certain things. And I still slip back into that six-year-old people pleaser, um, the child within me, and I have to pull myself back to the assertive adult and say, you know, it's okay to say no um, because I need to look after myself. And if you say yes to everybody, you've got nothing left for yourself, yeah. have you? Yeah, that's you very know? true. That's very true. Yeah, it's in the balance, isn't it, really? I've learned to say no a lot. And to be honest, because I've reduced my social circle down so it's quite small, I don't really find anyone is that demanding of me. Yeah. Um, not yeah. because they know I'm going to say no, 
but you also get people that are, that drain you emotionally, that constantly, you know, feed off you and want a yes, yes, yes off you. And I think the group yeah. of people that I have around me are very um, thoughtful and, yeah. uh, and and very much not needy or codependent on me. So it's more balanced. Yeah, it's a very, yeah. very balanced friendship. Yeah, very yeah. much so. Okay. Last but not least, point 12, follow your heart. Oh. <laughs> so important. Um, you know, we we need to follow our heart. We should follow our heart. And I say that to, to my children all the time. But obviously keep your head as well. But I think, um, you know, following your heart like we might have done when we were younger mm. and then that gets lost somewhere along the way, doesn't it, as we grow up? It makes you feel to... very vulnerable though, doesn't it? When I follow my heart, I know that I'm giving myself one, 110% in the truest form possible. I feel like I'm very laid bare and exposed. So I am vulnerable to getting hurt, but I'd rather have given my heart and followed my heart, knowing that there could be a downfall down the road than never ever being ultra cautious and, and blocking everything and never truly going with my desires. So yeah, I would say follow your heart and don't be frightened of getting it broken or being disappointed because that'll make you stronger. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's something very magical about following your heart. I mean, mm. obviously it's like we said before, always move forward with an air of caution because yeah. that's the sort of sensible thing to do. But I think when we live emotionally mm-hmm. and we remain open to things, yeah. I think we live an incredibly full and far more um, content life than if we move forward being closed. And I know, again, like everything, that is easy to say. We have to practice it. We have to learn to love ourselves and trust ourselves and trust our intuition, you know. But living emotionally and being open to things makes the whole world of possibilities almost come to our feet. Um, and people that love and, and lose, you know, learning that they can love again, yeah. and being open to that because thankfully not everybody's the same are no, they no, so if somebody true. hurts you um in a friendship or an affair or, or or a marriage or whatever it doesn't mean to say that the next person's going to treat you like that no. does it no you know it doesn't at all so thank you everyone for tuning in this week those 15 steps of how to value yourself i hope it's been helpful hopeful it's <laughs> been helpful and if there's something that you would like to touch on specifically reach out to diane and i Here is the email address below. We'd love to hear from you. We can contact you directly back or we're happy to talk live on air next week if you would like us to discuss it via our podcast or our YouTube. So just remember, you have two large arms with two large hands. Give yourself a nice big hug and a cuddle because you're worth it. And if you haven't thought that you're worth it, give yourself 30 minutes of sheer indulgence of doing something nice, whether that's a hot bath, listen to your fantastic music, going outside and going for a nice long walk because it's all about keeping up here balanced and energised. So with love from me to you, see you next week. See you next week. Take care. Bye.